Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you today. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6.8. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Romans 12.9. These two passages of scripture have been resonating in my mind and in my heart quite often in the past few weeks, and perhaps they, perhaps they have yours as well. Um, we live in extraordinarily strange, perplexing, and somewhat perilous times, don't we? It seems that the world is being turned on its head. With more and more frequency, we find that which we would call good is treated as evil, and that which is evil is called good. But we're not the first to live through times of great conflict and, confusions like, and confusion like this. Calamity, injustice, and evil are par for the course for fallen humanity. We're witnessing an age-old script from the enemy of our souls, the ghostwriter of evil authors, if you will, publishing another chapter in his attempt to draw the attention of the world away from the light of the world and onto the darkness of the collective self. So how about a word of encouragement for today? Scripture is full of direction, strength, wisdom, and comfort to walk through times like these. I thought of Joseph, who knew something about topsy-turvy times. His world was turned upside down in an instant. In the account of his story in the final chapters of Genesis, we see that his own brothers had betrayed him and sold him into slavery. And he ended up in a prison in Egypt for a crime that he didn't even commit. But because of Joseph's steadfast faith and trust in God, he walked in a manner that enabled God to fight battles for him and to ultimately exalt him to a place of great influence. And in the end, Joseph was able to say to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. It's been a trying week. Many are experiencing a deep sadness, a sense of great loss, and even of helplessness, even fear at what's going on in our nation. Between the confinement of COVID-19 and the pain of politics, we're weary, we're burdened, and heavy laden. Now, if you're feeling a bit down this morning, a bit defeated or deflated, ask yourself this question found in Psalm 42.5. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Why are we in despair? Our hope is in God, and we find help in his presence. Our Lord calls us into his rest in times like these, and he calls us to abide in his rest to abide in his word, and to abide in him. After praying about this message I, that I'm giving today, I believe the Lord directed me back to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And I felt prompted with this message about 10 days ago before any of the events of this past week had occurred. But I believe it's a word that will help us focus on today for hope of tomorrow. 
At the very beginning of chapter 1 in Ephesians, in verse 3, Paul tells us that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. There are no blessings of a spiritual nature throughout the heavens besides the ones that we find by being in Jesus. In Christ alone are they found. Verse 4 tells us that God the Father chose in him, Jesus, chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Think about that. We were the object of his choosing before the beginning of time, and it was foundational to creation itself that he would obtain the object of his choosing by the sacrifice of his only begotten son. Be reminded this morning in Ephesians 1 that the God of all the universe set his affections on you before the very foundations of the world. And he committed to pursue you, to woo to know you, to love you, to adopt you as a son, his son, and to complete a work in you that reflects Christ and is pleasing to him. When we said yes to our pursuing father in Jesus, the redeemer son, we receive the forgiveness of our sins and the freedom from that sin nature in order that we would be found holy and blameless before him. Because of the redemptive work of Christ on the cross, when the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. Verses 7 and 8 say, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. Do you remember this morning that the God of heaven has lavished his grace on you in Jesus? Bill mentioned earlier a verse that Carla shared with us from Deuteronomy 7, 9 that says, He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. We serve an extravagant God. He lavishes his grace and love on his children, whom he loves with an everlasting love. In light of the spiritual reality that the Father has lavished his grace on we who are his adopted sons and daughters in Christ, in difficult times, let's hold fast. Let's have faith. Lighten up a bit. Let go of the load. Cast your cares on Christ because he cares for you. Remember who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. 1 John 4, 4 tells us that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen? Ephesians 1, 13 says, After listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, if God is for me, and has desired a relationship with me since the beginning and even before the foundations of the universe. And if Christ is in me and I am in him, and the Spirit has sealed me, what concern could I possibly entertain in this world other than pleasing my Father and serving him in whatever he asked me to do? That was the essence of the question and prayer that Greg prayed a little bit ago. What is the, that's the rub though, isn't it? We entertain so many things in our minds and in our hearts 
other than the laser focus intention of doing and accomplishing his will. It's part of our ministry to one another as believers in Christ to charge and challenge, to edify and encourage, to build up, buck up, and call up one another with the truth, grace, and love of Jesus. So brothers and sisters in Christ, be encouraged today because our God reigns. There's so much that we could draw from the Ephesians letter, but I want to pull out three key points that I hope will help us in what we're walking through today. You've probably heard this message before, perhaps. These three points are elaborated in one of my favorite books by Brother Watchman Nee entitled Sit, Walk, Stand. I hope I pronounce his name right. Nee Shutsu, whose English name was Henry Nee, was born in Fuchu. China in 1903 to Christian parents. When he was 17 years old, he had a powerful encounter with Christ, and he testified that from the evening I was saved, I began to live a new life, for the life of the eternal God had entered into me. Brother Nee had a unique gift of teaching and writing over his 30 years of ministry that was born out of both spiritual devotion and study, but also suffering as well. With the takeover of China in 1952, Brother Ni was arrested for the sake of the gospel. He was falsely accused, judged, and sentenced to 15 years imprisonment in 1956. He, in fact, died in prison in 1972. In his book, Sit, Walk, Stand, Brother Ni points out that the book of Ephesians can be summed up in three sections that set forth the following. First, the believer's position in Christ. The believer's position in Christ. Ephesians 1, 1 through 3, 21. The believer's position in Christ. Ephesians 1, 1 through 3, 21. Brother Nee called that section, he described it as sit. <laughs> Secondly, the believer's life in the world the believer's life in the world. Chapter 4, verse 1 through chapter 6, verse 9. 4, 1 through 6, 9, which he titled, Walk. And thirdly, the believer's attitude toward the enemy. Chapter 6, 10 through 24. He refers to that section as stand. The believer's attitude towards the enemy. He notes that the book of Ephesians is both doctrinal and practical. It abounds with spiritual riches and at the same time is very practical in how we are to live out our Christian faith in a way that pleases God. Nee said, to be useful in God's hand, a man must be properly adjusted with respect to all three, his position, his life, and his warfare. Perhaps this morning we're in need of a spiritual adjustment, a spiritual chiropractic session, if you will. Let's first look at our position in Christ. In chapter 1, verses 18 through 23, Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power? toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might 
which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This verse alone should embolden and strengthen us today with the knowledge that everything that's over our heads is already under God's feet. But there's so much more here. Let's read together in the following chapter, Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 10, with an emphasis on verse 6. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. In Ephesians 1, Paul declares that God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. In Ephesians 2, he further expounds that because God is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were sinners, he made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him from the dead and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been raised from the dead with Jesus and we're seated with him beside the Father in the throne room of heaven. Feeling better yet? What an amazing truth to grasp. Well, what does it mean exactly to be seated with Christ? You've heard the old saying that you have to learn to crawl before you can walk, right? Well, in regard to the spiritual truth revealed in these verses, I think it would be more accurate to say that before you can learn to walk, you have to sit. <laughs> Watchman Nee made the point that in accordance with these passages, the Christian life does not begin with walking. It begins with sitting, and that most Christians make the mistake of trying to walk in order to be able to sit, but that's the reversal of the true order. It's hard for our human minds to wrap around it, but in order to move forward in God, we have to sit down. Our natural inclination is to begin working, to begin walking, to begin doing, but if we desire to advance in our faith and in our spiritual development, development, we must first learn to sit with Christ in the throne room of God. Nee put it this way, if at the outset we try to do anything, we get nothing. If we seek to attain something, we miss everything. For Christianity begins not with a big do, but with a big done. Thus, Ephesians opens up with the statement of that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in 
in the heavenly places in Christ. And we are invited at the very outset to sit down and enjoy what God has done for us, not to set out to try and attain it for ourselves. Does that make sense? Walking implies effort, work, but we're saved by grace, not works. It's not our efforts or works that saves us. It's our relationship to Christ. It's being raised with him from the dead and sitting with him and resting in him. Sitting is really an attitude of rest. Imagine, if you will, crawling up into the lap of Jesus and resting there. Can you see that? Perhaps we can have a time of prayer in a few minutes where we set aside our plans, our itineraries, our intentions for the day, and like a child laying aside their toys, and by a simple act of submission and obedient childlike faith, just crawl up into the lap of Jesus and rest there a bit. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Grasp that. We began our Christian lives by laying upon Jesus the burden of our sin-sick souls. We began by depending on him and what he has done, not depending on our own doing. On the seventh day of creation, God rested. When Jesus completed his work on the cross and the Father and Jesus himself raised him from the dead, he was seated at the right hand of the Father and rest there but he's still working too. <laughs> the work of Christ on the cross and from out of the tomb is finished work. It's not a work in progress or process. It's a completed work. We're the work in process until he finishes it in us. The other thing about sitting is this. When we sit in a chair, our entire weight rests upon that chair or seat where we're seated. seated. Being seated with Christ and resting in him is putting our full weight of trust in him. It's sitting down and letting go and relaxing. It's trusting that all we are is in him, is in his hands. When we walk or stand, our legs bear all the weight of our own body. But when seated, we put our full weight of trust on that on which we are seated. When we're seated with Christ, we put our full weight of trust in Jesus. Brother Nee explains that to sit down is simply to rest our whole weight, our load, ourselves, our future, everything upon the Lord. We let him bear the responsibility and cease to carry it ourselves. God doesn't commit, uh, command us to sit down, but he encourages us to see ourselves as seated in Christ. God is first by mighty power made him to sit, and then by grace made us to sit with him. God gives us the position of rest. He brings his son's finished work and presents it to us, and then he says to us, please sit. For the believer, every new day, every new venture, Every new spiritual experience or challenge in life begins with an acceptance by faith of what God has already accomplished with a new sitting or resting in Christ. So sit with Jesus. 
rest in him. There's so much more to discover about being in Christ, but we begin by resting in him, seated with him in heavenly places. God is, I believe, waiting for us to cease striving and doing and just sit down. Nee notes that once you've ceased to struggle, he will do everything. God is waiting for you to despair. To our second point, all spiritual experience begins from a position of rest, but it does not end there. The Christian life begins with sitting, but is followed by walking. Sitting describes our position with Christ in the heavenly places. Walking is the practical outworking of that heavenly position here on earth. The word walk is used eight times in Ephesians. It refers to the way we walk around, the way we conduct our lives, the way we behave, uh, the way we comport ourselves. It's how we bring our heavenliness into the world around us, into our homes, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, etc. In the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus charges us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The word go there means as you are going. As we're walking around, as we're going to work, as we're going to the stores, we're going to the mission field, wherever it is we're being sent, as we're going. So our walk in Christ reflects how we conduct ourselves before others. There's much that Paul has to say in Ephesians 4, 1 through chapter 6, 9 about how we walk in this world from our heavenly seated position. I won't read or elaborate on them because of the time, but I encourage you to meditate on those passages in Ephesians in the light of walking from a heavenly seated position. The third and final sections of, of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, reflects on how we are to be equipped for standing. We begin with a position of being seated with Christ. Then we learn to walk in a way that reflects our rest in him. And finally, we must learn to stand in order to fight the enemy. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. 
in times like these, let us remember that we live from a position of being seated with Christ at the right hand of our Father. And from that position, we walk in a way that reflects the heavenliness of our true citizenship to a world that's broken and burdened and without hope. And to walk in effective service for our Lord, we must put on the full armor of God when it's time to do battle with the enemy of our souls. In closing, I want to read another passage from 1 Peter 3, 8 through 17, that also gives us good counsel on how to live in times like these. It says, To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better, if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. If you go to the website watchmannee.org, there's a statement regarding his life that says, Watchman Nee believed, taught, contended for, kept, and died for his faith. His departing note briefly stated the essence of the Christian faith and testified that he had kept and died for it. It said, Christ is the Son of God who died for the redemption of sinners and resurrected after three days. This is the greatest truth in the universe. I die because of my belief in Christ. Let that be our attitude as well. No matter what comes, we are his and we will rest in him. Perhaps I could sum up this morning's message best this way. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain seated. Our captain has turned on the fastened seatbelt sign as there may be turbulence ahead. I assure you that you are in good hands. So if you're moving about, please return to a seated position and rest assured our arrival at our appointed destination is right on time. Our position is secure. Sit and rest in Christ. Walk in the manner of one who has the favor and blessing of God and stand firm against the enemy in the full armor of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you've revealed yourself to us. You pursued us. Uh, before the beginning of time, you knew us. I thank you that you raised us with Christ from the dead and you seated us with Christ at your right hand. 
I thank you, Jesus, even now you are interceding for me. Lord, I thank you that we are seated with you. What a place of rest. I thank you that we want to walk. Our desire is to walk in a way that is pleasing, a manner that's pleasing to you because we love you and we want to love you more. And Father, in these turbulent times and the days ahead, may we put on the full armor of God and we have your wisdom uh, to walk in a manner, Lord, that pleases you. We thank you for your goodness and grace, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Randy, when are you going to pass out the peanuts? Do what? When are you going to pass out the peanuts? You know, we're, <laughs> we're all buckled in. We're waiting. We're, we're, we're going to pass out the peanuts. I'm sorry. Spirit Airlines is no longer serving peanuts. <laughs> is it over now? Is it over now? I, just, I just woke up. I was resting. <laughs> Randy? What? Ephesians is one of the books that my mother she loved that. And the last few words, she was not able to speak before she died. But there were a few words that she said. There was uh, a lot of people there at my mo mother's house. And um, I won't go on on about this. But anyway, uh, some of the last few words that she said was put on the armor of God. Wow. And that's the last thing I understood her say. He said it really spoke to me today. Putting on the forearm of God. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I, I think I'm always um the Lord is impressing upon how much better he is than every other satisfaction you might have. And Randy, when you said, well, maybe we could have a chance to, to crawl up into to Jesus's lap and share our concerns with him. The thing that popped in my mind was, was little kids standing in line to go sit in Santa's lap. And I was thinking, okay, so the little kids have got to go get in Santa's lap and Santa, you know, hugs them. And then he asks them what they want. Uh, because he doesn't know what they want. He doesn't know what they need. And then, you know, he's he's paid to do that work. Sorry, everybody, but <laughs> those department store Santas, they get paid to do that. But then it started thinking about Jesus's lap and how that would be so much different and so much better. Because he already knows us and he already loves us and he's already knows what our needs are. He knows the number of hairs on our head and this very insignificant thing he knows to great detail. So to crawl up in Jesus's lap is not like crawling up on Santa's lap. It's, um, it's a chance to sit with him. And, if, and if, if the imagery of you sitting with Christ means you're in one corner of the room with your face away and, and Jesus is some other place in the room, take the idea of, G of sitting in his lap. That's where he has us. Thank you.
Any other thoughts? It is a bumpy ride. I love the way Randy closed out there. What a what a great way to do it. I have something. Thanks, Randy. Yes, Grace. How was that? That was Grace. Grace, was that you? She's asleep. Um, I've read that book before, and um, I really enjoyed it. It's a lot, Randy, for pulling out some wonderful points to remember. And uh, sitting, sitting in God's lap, I had a vision. You're breaking up, Grace. Oh, yeah, I went out. I don't know what happened. I lost connection. Can you hear me now? Yes. Start okay. So several years ago, um, I'm talking. So um, several years ago, I um, was going through something and um, had a vision. I couldn't sleep. God works. He doesn't let me sleep when he's working on something with and um, I could, every time I closed my eyes, I could see a picture of Jesus sitting on a bench in a park beside this tree. And it was, he was just sitting there and he wasn't calling me. He was waiting for me to come. To him. And when I finally did, he just wrapped me in his arms and I just sat there. And um, you know, he didn't beg, he, but he was there letting me know, I'm here when you're ready. So no matter what we're going through, you know, his, his arm is there. His lap is ready for us. Amen. Well, I do have another song I'd like for y'all to sing. Uh, let me get uh, this set up here. Hey, Bill, can I something? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um... I, that image, I've always, um, even when I was in Hawaii, um, people have told me that God, that whenever we're scared, whenever life gets tough, all we have to do is run to Jesus, and he will part us and take us. And I think the image of sitting in the glass and the peace that brings to your heart, to your mind, to your soul is just overwhelming. To think that we are so deep in nothing, but yet we can go to Jesus and say, Abba Father, help me. You know, I heard most of what you said, Anastasia, but not, I'm sure, not sure of everything you said. Oh. Yeah, I think our connection has been really bad on this thing today. That's I'm just thinking that um, when we are in trouble, and when we feel lonely, 
I always see myself as running to Jesus and sitting in the glass. And he's so nothing to this world. He's so big and wonderful. And he created us in his image. But who are we to be able to go to him and say, Lord, help me? Yeah. Like the honor and the humility turn to him and sit on his lap and say, I need you. Wow. Wow. And we want everyone else to join us there. Randy, you did just an amazing job at summarizing that book and, and truly what it means to sit and to walk in the stand and, and really what it means to rest. I really enjoyed what you said about when you sit in a chair, you are fully seated. You, it's not a halfway thing. You're fully, your whole weight is just fully seated. And uh, that really spoke to me that it's not a halfway thing. It's completely, fully, <sighs> totally at rest. So thank you for sharing, Randy. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. Yeah, and you've got to trust that chair to hold your weight. <laughs> that chair is Jesus. <laughs> I'm putting more stress on my chair these days than I just. <laughs> yeah. You see the big contrast in the first Psalm, <clears throat> because in the first Psalm, you've got the wicked sitting in the seat of the scornful. And so you see what happens if you sit there versus if you sit with Jesus. I should come to 
Let's gather with the Lord. And uh, the best way you know how, come to him, present yourself to him. So he invites you to join him, to sit with him, and to walk with him, and to stand with him. But I remember in Matthew 11 when you say, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, upon yourself, and learn from me. Thank you, Jesus, that you care about every detail of my life. If anyone else would like to pray, now, is, now would be a good time. Dear Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you that we can 
pray to you and thank you that you welcome us to rest in your lovely hands. Thank you for your love, for your amazing love. Father, we are um, wanting to pray for President Trump and his family and Joe Biden and his family and Kamala Harris and her family that they would learn to hear your voice and sit with you, Father. That they would surrender to you and hear you and that they would be saved, Lord. And Father, we thank you for, for Pence and how he has spoken your word and printed your word and he stands on your word, Lord. And I know that that must have influenced many people. And we thank you, Father, for him. And so, Father, we just ache that our president and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, that they would come to know you, Jesus that you would cleanse their hearts and open their eyes to see who you are, that they would bring repentance and healing and changing of heart and character, and that you would send godly leaders to them, even today, Lord Jesus, godly men and women, to pour into the brokenness in their lives. Lord. Father, we'd also just like to lift up another group of leaders to you, Father. Those that are called and anointed to lead your people and to shepherd your flock. Those that are called to teach your word, Father, that it might be done with truth and accuracy. And Lord, we just really ask that those that you've appointed to lead your church and to care for your people, Father, you would give them a double, por a double portion of anointing in this season that we find ourselves that, uh, Lord, your church worldwide would be nurtured and cared for through these people, through the ones that you've called. And we ask for a special grace and strength for each one, Father, to, to carry the load that will be required of them. And Lord, we look to you and we thank you, Father, that you, you equip your faithful shepherds. And we ask, Father, that uh, you give them wisdom and discernment, that you give them wise heavenly counsel and truth for your people father that we might be called and become true salt and true light in this world lord that lord you would be grant favor to your church here in the united states that we might yet again get, gain a place and a platform of influence that we would have the courage and grace to speak forth that which is truth but lord that we would have that place father that because of who we are, we would gain influence yet again in this place. We just look to you, Father, to establish that for us in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that out of all eternity, this is the time that you have chosen for us to be here. That's no accident. Lord, you have, <laughs> it's the right time, the right place. And I pray that as we would sit and wait before you, that you would speak tenderly to us, clearly to us in ways that we can understand and comprehend. And then I, I pray that you would give us grace and strength to stand up and walk out what you would 
show us to do. And I do pray that we would be putting on the full armor, Lord, because it is a day of battle. And you've known that. And I, I thank you that you equip and prepare us for whatever it is that you have for us in this spiritual battlefield. You are the faithful one. You are the commander in chief. You are the one who rises above all. You are the mighty God. And Lord, we want to we want to keep that posture of sitting before you, of walking in integrity, in your ways, and, and to stand firm in you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for that kind of, that, that kind of plan, that kind of strategy, that kind of grace. And Lord, that you have chosen us. I pray that we'd be very sensitive to others that you would want to, you would want to choose and that we would be willing to speak your word and see many more this year in 2021 come into our family. Lord, come into your kingdom. Let it happen, Lord Jesus. Let it happen. And I pray that we'll be part of seeing that happen. You know, the other thing that came to my mind, uh, Randy um, and Bill, is that when you sit on somebody's lap, you, you watch children sit on the lap of their parents, or maybe somebody's being, you know, really, you're holding somebody as you're ministering to them. Children normally then will lay their head on the chest of their parent. You know, they don't, they don't sit on the lap and just have a distance. They come and sit on your lap and they lean up against you to get as close as they can. And when you lean up against somebody's chest, you can, really, you can hear their heartbeat. You can hear their heartbeat. Uh, I remember experiencing that one time in a ministry situation and I, my head was literally leaning up against somebody's chest and I, I could hear their heartbeat and it, mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. And so when we sit with the Lord and we lean into him, there is that possibility to hear his heartbeat. Um, what is he saying? What is he feeling? What is he, you know, how, how would he act? How, what would he do? It's, it's um, there's just that whole book of Ephesians is so powerful because it is that, you, it begins with sitting, hearing the heartbeat of Jesus so that we know how to walk with him. And then we know how to stand with him. And without the sitting and hearing his heartbeat, we have no real orientation. We can just dash off, you know, and uh, do things that aren't very, very Jesus-led. Um, so I just something else that came to my mind, which is very precious. If you watch children, grandchildren, you know, uh, come and sit on your lap, they want to get as close to you as they can. And that is the heartbeat. Hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing when you get that close, Camille, is um, you feel the tears. Suddenly you feel something liquid and hot and it's, it's the tears. It's very, very intimate. Yes. 
uh, when you when you watch children crawl up in your lap and just draw near to you like that. Yeah. Lord, let this be the season for us to draw near to you, mm-hmm. up into your lap, too. Yeah. Lord, so that we hear your heartbeat and that we know that that you are with us and that we're with you, Father. And Lord, give us strength as we choose what we give ourselves to each and every day. Help us to choose to give ourselves to you and to draw near to you each and every day. And we're just reminded, Lord, of the word that says if we, we would draw near to you, that you would draw near to us. Lord, help us to never say we're too busy for, for you, Lord. Help us to learn to, to rest in, in your lap, to rest with you, Father. Prepare us, Lord, to, to, to walk. And Lord, we don't know the day that's going to come that we'll have to fight. It may be this afternoon. So Lord, we, we, we want to be prepared in all, all of these areas to, to, to sit and to walk and to, and to stand. Always being prepared, Father. Always being equipped to, to act in the spirit of grace and spirit of peace and a spirit of strength. And not in the spirit of fear. Second Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. He's given us the spirit of power, of love, and soundness of mind. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. You are now free to move about the world, but from a seated position. (laughs) I just want to say two things. Randy, I really appreciate the message, and I appreciate the heart that uh, allows you to give it the way you do. So thank you for that. And um, the second thing is, Bill, I don't appreciate what you said about Santa Claus be getting paid. (laughs) well i've I've never actually seen the check passing but i've I've heard stories (laughs) mary what do you have for us this morning well i i i appreciate all the comments that people have made about randy all the things that you shared and Bill, you starting off in, or in the worship with that song, Knowing You, I, I personally love that, love that song. Um, but Randy, when you said that it's not 
we don't start off with the big do, but we start off with the big done. Yeah. And because of what Jesus has done, that makes it possible for us to sit and to walk and to stand. And we don't ever, ever, ever need to lose sight of the fact of what he has done. <clears throat> the, the, the amazing gift for all eternity, what he has done. And one of the things that he has done was he created a very precious lady in Russia. And today was the day that she came forth and was born. And that is Galena. Galena, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Galena. Happy birthday, Galena. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And, and before we sing, I just uh, kept feeling to ask Pat. Pat, would you pray a blessing over Galena? Sure. Want me to do that now? Yeah, if you would. And, and then we will do our famous uh, corporate community birthday song. But I, I feel like that you need to pray. If you would play it, pray <laughs> a blessing over Galena. Father, we love Galena. She is a lady of such tenderheartedness, Lord, and just a, a sweet, sweet spirit. And we know that that's from you, Father, and that you gave her as a gift, Lord, uh, a gift in this fellowship. I pray your blessings over her, Father. I pray your loving arms about her and that you would guide her in a a sovereign and a supernatural way this year as um, she continues to find how to best care for her mother from such a long distance away. And as she continues in her beautiful artwork and in working with children, I just pray for your blessings over her in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Okay, well, I, I'll do the other announcements and then Galena will sing to you <laughs> before we close, okay? Um, this week also, the Durhams will be celebrating a birthday. Eden's 14th birthday is this week, and that is on Wednesday. Then Friday, Arthur has a birthday. On Wednesday night, we have prayer meeting and... Um, Again, our hearts go out, Tia, to you and, and to Preston and your family. I, it, it's just blessed us so much to see the way that the Lord has given you these past, um, what, about three months. I think, Tia, you've, you've been involved in the care, I mean, for many years, but very specific for the past three months that you and Preston have just laid your lives down for... Um, for Ramona and for your family. And so that's that's been a blessing to us to see that. And uh, Carla, our hearts also go out to you. We're, we're grateful that the Lord gave you that contact. I, I believe that was your daddy's last uh, living uh, sibling. And, um, and Carla had the opportunity last year or two years ago to go out and, or several years ago, to go out and celebrate your uncle David's uh, birthday and make a reconnection with the family. So we trust that the Lord will 
continue that family connection. And again, Jonathan, we're glad that you had a family connection and that you are back with your American family, that we are very connected with you. And we will look forward to hearing reports of how you were able to bless people in Peru, that we were able to be part of that. So we're grateful for that. I think, again, Wednesday night, join us for prayer. And um, I think those are the announcements for this week, unless there's something I have missed. Lisa has something to give thanks for. Okay, Lisa. I am without one extra house in my life. <laughs> <laughs> my parents' house in Oriental um, sold. The closing happened on Friday. So, hallelujah. Yeah, oh, that is great. It's been, a, it's been 10 years. So, yeah, I'm Ooh. very, a, a big burden is off of me. So, Ooh. thank you for your praise. During a pandemic. Yes. <laughs> and I also want to just remind everyone to keep um, Mike Cecil's family in mm. your prayers. Um, there was just a precious um, funeral for him on Thursday. I know some of us were there, but um, yeah, just keep them in prayer too. Yeah. Thank you for reminding us of that, Lisa. There were a number of uh, people from Gateway and Crossway that were able to be there and celebrate Mike's life. So, but a big, big, big loss in that family in the natural realm. Yeah. Uh, just one remember? thing really quick, Mary, if I can. Yes. Um, I saw a video from Jonathan Cecil this morning on Facebook and he was just sharing how difficult it has been for him with the passing of his dad and with many other things with his job or other relationships that were happening with with him and he's he said normally he's, a, he's the kind of person that will bottle everything up and deal with it himself but he just wanted to sh he had shared today that um he felt very angry <laughs> with with god for taking away his dad at the time when he needed him the the most and he he just he's been on my heart this 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 morning and just um like miss like lisa was 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 sharing um of course the family is very dear to all of us and i just wanted to share like one one way we could be praying for for this this family and i know it's a great loss um but heaven has gained a wonderful man <laughs> thank you becca jonathan is his youngest son yeah mike was he, he mentioned twice at the funeral i heard him talk about how he would get home from work and call his dad almost every night and sort of vent his frustrations and anger and um, he's lost that. So we can pray that he has a new avenue to, to vent his anger. <laughs> Second dad. Yeah. Well, maybe before we... Um, Sing to Galena. Rebecca, could you pray for Jonathan and that family?
because obviously Jonathan has reached out now to the Facebook world and and uh, you saw that and so let's let's lift him up and then we'll sing to our dear sweet sister Galena. Okay. Dear, dear Father, this, this precious family that has lost a wonderful man, Lord, I just pray, I know it must be very difficult for, for all of them, or Miss, Miss Dorcas, who lost her, her husband, um, Andrew and Kara and Jonathan, who lost their dad, and, and little Ellie, who lost her, her grandfather. Um, Lord, I, I don't pretend to know what that's like to lose a parent. I have no idea. Um, but Lord, I just pray that in the midst of all of their emotions, all of their anger, all of their whatever is happening in their life, trying to live a, a new, difficult, normal, Lord, trying to live in a way that they never had to live before, Lord, I just pray that you would be in the midst of, of all of that, Lord. You you would you would bring um, just a, a sense of that your your Holy Spirit has has not left them, that your Holy Spirit is is with them, Lord. You have never left them, and you're with them always, Lord. And just, just may this time be be even even more precious, Lord, as as they know that um, Mr. Mike went went to be with you, Lord. That um, they could they could rejoice in that, um, but also just uh, have your 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 peace and your Holy Spirit, Lord, and and your guidance to. Um, to, to continue to live out the rest of their of their days lord we we don't know what each day will will bring lord but we know that you have already been there you have already seen the future and you have, and you know the past lord and you know the present lord and you you are in in all of it lord and um, we just pray that you will continue to to wrap your arms around them like some of us were saying this this morning and miss grace she had that that vision lord of you just wrapping your your arm around her lord i pray you do the same with this family lord um, we all love them so much and just wrap your arms around them lord and help them um just just to crawl into your lap lord and just express all the things they have on their on their heart lord knowing that your, your ear is always ready to hear what we have to say, Lord, and your arms are never too short. They're, they're, they're long and they can reach to, to anyone and everyone, Lord. Um, I just pray that you would be with, with this family, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Okay, Galena, are you ready? You ready for this? Everybody unmute. Everybody look straight into your camera. Grace, Grace, you need to unmute and be part of this. Baby, Jessica, Betty. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. To you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're easily satisfied. <laughs> we love you, Galena. Yeah, we do love you. Happy yeah. birthday, Galena. Happy <laughs> birthday. Thank you so much. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks, Randy.
Bye and bye. hi, Christina. We we wished you a happy birthday last week. Oh, here I got a postcard. Thank you. <laughs> hi, Christina. Blessings, Virginia. Thank you, Randy. Great <laughs> message. Thank you. Great day. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Y'all too. Bye. Richard, you're on mute. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bill, hang on a second. Okay. I just want to ask you a question after. After everybody gets off. Yeah, so get off. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay. I'll hang on to the very, very end. Yeah, you should. Bye, Henry. Bye, Mr. Point. Bill. Right Bye. Bye, Wendy. Bye, Miss Mary. Bye. All right, there I am, real quick on video. Hey, there's Wendy for real. I just want to know, as far as the speaking schedule, the 24th, what's on there? I, I still show it open. Okay. I didn't know whether uh, I had said anything earlier or whether Roger had said anything. No, I, I was going to ask, um, I was going to just point blank ask Roger if he wanted to take the 24th. Preston's got the 31st. All right. If, why don't you ask him if he says no, I'll do it, okay? okay. And let me know. Okay. All right. Thanks, All right. Bill.